Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. I'm Carson Wood. And who do we got with us tonight? I'm a Christian given name. <laughs> it's uh, Gavin Murray. Pleasure. Who hey, said buddy. that Flying Smitty wasn't my Christian given name? Me. Why is I that? wish it would have been. Call Sid. It was right your now. multimedia one that you guys Call get for sex hazing that they give to you when you do social media things. Sex hazing? Yeah. They sex haze you and then they give you a name what? based off of your performance. What? Yours was Flying Because <laughs> I passed with flying colors? Yeah. Or I you did this an act you did this nice act. flying technique. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. There's nothing there, but there will be by the time anybody looks it up. <laughs> the flying smitty. The, the flying smitty. I'll try it tonight. Yeah. It has something to do with uh, like a gas station flying J bathroom. I hear, but we'll see. We'll get into it. Let's talk about it. I can show it to you later. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, Gavin, uh, tell us a little about it, about yourself. Who's your favorite fighter? Uh, what's the, your most memorable fight and then your best MMA experience, whether training or, or whatever it might be. Uh, favorite fighters tough. We were, I was actually thinking about this last night. We we're going to talk later about the, the Salt Lake card. We all went to last night. Just thinking about it last night, who my favorite fighter is. And honestly, it's a moment by moment thing. Um, it, it moment by yeah, moment. honestly, just like the flying Smith, legitimately in the middle of the fight, I can completely change my my allegiances, just depending on who I like, right? Uh, All-time GSP got me into fighting, so I like GSP. You, you know that. That's but so, so last night so. we discussed Rush versus GSP, Yeah, and you were telling me that they were two different fight different, entities. Different fighters, So get, get into that. What do you mean by the difference between Rush and GSP? Uh, Rush wanted it. GSP kept it. I like Rush. Rush is the guy who who knocked people out. GSP is the guy who took people down. You right? fight not to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fighting to win versus fighting not to lose. But I feel like that's a, as soon as you get into the top five, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, it sucks. I, I don't. I, I just don't think so. I think they're all fighting to win. Well, look at DC fighting against Anderson Silva. Yeah, he fought to win, but he more fought. He not fought to not lose. to lose. That I'll give you that one for sure. That one, but I mean. George went out there with a game plan and implemented it every time. It's true. Like, it's true. What? What? Where was he afraid of Koscheck? No, he wasn't. Well, it, who's afraid of who's afraid of Josh Koscheck? And, and a lot you of know, at that time he was ranked number one. I'd say uh, it's, it's more of this though. I think it's more of there's there's a goal in mind and there's a vision of what you're trying to accomplish when you're rush when you're the guy coming up the ranks blowing mm-hmm. everybody out of the water and then you've mm-hmm. accomplished it and I think that there are very few men who have actually defined what you do at that point mm-hmm. right. Is like there's there's the glory right there's Anderson Silva GSP John Jones that level of glory that you can attain Michael Bisbing it, oh, the hell. <laughs> we'll see I guess right we'll see um, go straight but, to hell but the, the fact of the matter is that's almost like intangible like you almost don't even know you've done it until it's already happened yeah no and so all right so you've trained a little bit tell us a little bit about your training history I'll fill this then, one I broke Gavin's nose I found out Carson yesterday. broke my nose. And Solid right over the top, four ounce gloves. Didn't know it was coming. Was this a one? Mine are not four ounce gloves. Were they not back then? No. Okay. I've never had gloves. four ounce gloves. Mine are all boxing. Like, big gloves. He broke my nose with big gloves. That's a hard punch. Um, wait, wait, when was this? Tell us the story. This was the right stroops. after. Yeah, this was what five years ago. Yeah. After I got back from my, yeah. were my you at Mormon one, times. Stroops. Were you at one hit or where Stroops. were you? Stroops. I don't Stroops. even know what Stroops Yeah, that's is. where we first went. It's one Stroops, hit, but it was little Stroops was the one in the place. Oh, in the Freeport Center. Yeah. In Clearfield. Yeah, so I, I trained a little bit before my mission. Honestly, never enough to be as serious as I could have been. Trained a little bit after my mission. Women got in the way. Didn't you roll a little often. bit when you were in Korea as well? I did. That, I actually, 
ironically, on my mission in Korea, trained most consistently of my life. I have a question with that, but tell you this story, and then I have a question about that. Okay, so just uh, essentially walking down the street, meet some guys, talk to them, they invite us to the gym. No, no, I no, go, not that, that not one? that. No, no, okay, what's this story? No, tell the story about you and Carson. And Carson. Oh, Carson oh, no, punching me in the face. Clear, yeah, There's it, not a lot to that story. It's basically we the same sparring, as Scott. He punched and me right in the face. One speed, you know that where we got the name of this podcast, right? The One, one Speed MMA? Uh-uh. One Speed Wood. Because he only has one speed. Things are clicking. Things yeah. are clicking. So we are One Speed MMA because One Speed Wood is the inside joke that Carson couldn't go 70 or 30. I, or 50. I love sparring he with Carson because he, he kicks speed. you in the ass. There is no, no holding to be, back. To be man. 100% honest, honest with everybody, Gavin did win the exchanges. Yeah, it was, yeah it, it's I, like Scott would always say, I've got a good overhand right. Apparently I can read that when the jab's coming in. And uh, that's how I hit Scott, and that's how like, I yeah, hit Like, yeah, you last night, man. Yeah, that's I was going to say, you would, you would have won last night. Yep. Ishara had a right hand. Uh, who else did? There's a couple people that uh, had those right hands. Corvelli lost. The one that he knocked down. Um, oh, yeah, the knockdown down the first Dominic round, Dominic right? Keen still with. Tim Moore as yep. well, the I'm Swedish up. guy. I'm patenting that name. It's straight, coming in. Dominic Keen still. He called out Sage North guy. But we'll get into that. All right. So here's my question about Korean MMA. Yeah. So you, you trained there and you trained here. And obviously... Yeah. When you trained here as well, you trained with people like Carson, and I would throw myself in that category yeah. where Carson would be. Anyway, so my question is this. Did you see a difference between the training levels with the Korean gyms and the Amer- the Korean fighters and the American fighters? Yes, absolutely. Honestly, one of the big differences is tactically, I feel like they almost have to go about it a different way. Um, I was... Not even always bigger than them, but I'm I'm kind of I'm a strong guy, right? And so I think a lot of times people that I've trained with here we rely on brute force a lot of times rather than the the technique. I think this actually shows a lot of times when you look at even even specific Korean fighters, Korean Zombie, a couple guys like that, right? Two months and he's back. Dude, so excited. I love him, man. I think he's a great entertainer. So does everybody yep. in Korea have to do that two years in? Yeah. yeah, two that's, years in military. So you both live. Yeah. I forgot about yes. that. Yep. So they they At all the do their time, military actually. time. I know. They all do their <laughs> military time, um, and they all. I mean, uh, well, I shouldn't say they're all combat minded. That's not true. Not at all. Super nerdy. They're very feminine. The ones who are combat minded and who who train and things like that, they just train a different way. It's, it's more tactical. So. And so, how opinion? Complete opinion. You have the pride days when it seemed like we had Asian fighters that were competing with the best. Yeah, in the much world. M- much more dominant then, huh? And then Chelsea had already answered this. What? How did ref, he had, ref had an earpiece. Oh yeah, <laughs> the ref had an earpiece. But I, but I mean, but for real. So you you have uh, top. China, you have tough like Asia or whatever it is, and then those fighters come into the UFC and they look awful. Right. They don't. I mean, you've got no. They look good when they first come in. They're undercard. They always appear yeah. on the undercard. <laughs> that's true. not. That's like that's not a joke. That's legitimate. Like I've yeah. seen so many guys coming up through the undercards, and I'm like, murderer coming up, and they once it gets on the, the main was, card, it's just, when, no, what was that fight like? Off. Two big cards Ch- ago, the, ver- the very first fight, Choi, wasn't Ch- it? I think Choi. I know, but it was insane. Atomic right hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, but Choi's different. So you got Don Young Kim. You've got um, Korean Zombie. You've got. I mean, Kawajiri, who fought last night, who, right. who's done really well. Ishara will probably have a, a, a mid-tier Who's you know, the wrestler? Career. Like, the, the best wrestler? What was the... 
Oh my gosh, it's going to bug the hell out of me. Asian wrestler? Yeah, he also, not to bring up Chell again, but he went with Chell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yushin Okami. Yushin Okami. But he was, but he was good during the Pride days. Mm-hmm. Like, at the, at the end of, like, the normal Pride Sakuraba, like, very Japanese, both pro wrestler, you know what I mean. And so, it's interesting to see that where there seemed to be an Asian MMA level that was at the same level as the Americans are coming in, obviously wrestling compared to some of the other things. And then it just tapered off for a little bit. And then you have, you know, a handful of Asian fighters that are doing really well. But like I said, when they did Ultimate Fighter China and they threw all those guys on the undercard, they looked like they were on amateur, like, local fights. Honestly, proportionate distribution and uh, compared to popularity. You, you go back in those days, popularity, like, Japan is where it was popular. It mm-hmm. wasn't popular over I don't, here. I, Sorry, go ahead. Well, and I, I would say, I would argue that the country right now who has the the biggest disparity or difference between proportionate popularity and, and success is Brazil, right? The U.S., we've got a population of 320 million. So, yeah, you're going to see some champions here where Japan has, what, 7,500 million? Mm-hmm. Um, One cost and, and time right. and importance Exactly. The ability to be able to dedicate to it. Yeah. And, and, like, yeah, it's super popular here right now. So you're going to see a lot more people actually committing to it. Yeah. Where it's never it's never seen as a and I guess culturally it changes a lot of things where Hispanics are more boxing culture you have well, yeah, Asians taekwondo. where they have Taekwondo and they have those but they're more education based yeah so absolutely. you learn those things but you learn those things to be able to more more fully control and focus on your school setting and then you have Brazil where it's like cool some kind of athletic performance will most likely no like, Taekwondo is big in Mexico. Yeah. They, oh, always see, have peop- they always have people Taekwondo's in the Olympics. Big all over the place. Well, and, Taekwondo's and, big. And, like, if it's not boxing, though, like there's Taekwondo gyms all over Mexico. But that's Yair Rodriguez. Exactly. And that's, uh, exactly. And that's, that's why. And all those guys are all Taekwondo-based. That's that's why he's like the first real practitioner of Taekwondo that we've seen that's been successful. Who else? I mean, well, people thought, implement it. Like, GSP has the, the, like, the spinning push, push yeah. kick and all of that. Like, they've got them. But, but isn't, that, isn't McGregor too Taekwondo? I thought it was more karate based. But uh, I'm going to show my karate. age. This is more karate. Okay. This is more karate. But you could just see that, like the benefits of taekwondo, though. Yeah, his balance yesterday was amazing. What? Oh, yeah, yours. Yeah, oh, and yeah. that comes with karate and uh, taekwondo. In a the man who was way. bashing karate to me the other day. Well, no, it comes. With, I don't like karate, <laughs> but it comes with a certain balance. It does. I remember one of the hardest guys that I ever fought in uh, at one hit, or not fought, but sparred. Um, this he was essentially like a little Leota Machida. Um, he would be on one leg punching me and like hitting me with another leg, but he would almost just like lean on one leg and wait for me to come in. And he was hitting me with the leg that was like cocked and loaded and I could not get him yeah. off balance. Anytime I came in on him, his balance. And that's when I was like, dude, I want to get good at balance. Like that was like for like a week. All I wanted to do is just work on balance. And that's what like karate and Taekwondo. Like, Absolutely. And then there was a montage from the Karate Kid, and Carson was up on a pole on the beach. <laughs> Grain kicking, <laughs> on, a pole. kicking on the pole. No, I wouldn't do that. My mom was on a four-inch beam, and she broke her, her knuckle doing gymnastics. So oh. I will never. Dramatic. I'm standing on hard ground, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> You're the on best. Those damn things. Around. Um, <laughs> but going with that, no, and I think it's the difference in stance. So, I mean, it. Look at Stephen Thompson. Well, yeah, I mean, well, but the thing is, is look at Leona Machida for his oh, yeah. time. So somebody figures it out, and then all of a sudden it's done. Um, but the the difference is, is trying to take down someone that has a karate stance, they have such a wide base already. So mm-hmm. like someone like myself, who's a taller guy, usually when wrestlers come in on me, I can just sprawl. 
And I just sprawl out and I just throw my legs out as far as I can. And it makes my center of balance lower. It's much harder to get your arms around, say, my butt or my higher legs and actually pull me out. Right. And so it's the same thing with all of those tall karate guys. When you try and take down a karate guy, they're not going to throw a kick because they know you're a wrestler, but they already have a stance that's going to be the antithesis of what a wrestler wants to see when trying to, you know, have a takedown. It's going to be pretty interesting to get into the new rules, too, to talk about that, like, for kind of, like, where point fighting's going and also, like, for those karate guys. Because one of their their main thing is to stay at distance on wrestlers, and then when they shoot, just... Don't even let them touch your feet. Just, sprawl and well, not even distance. sprawl. Like karate guys, like strike on their way out almost. Wizard, 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 wizard. As Caban, Paul, just bless him. <laughs> um, no, and but like just essentially getting out of there. Like, mm-hmm. how often do we see Leota Machida get taken down? Very, very, or even rarely. get hands on. Well, him. and you even see these karate guys knocking out wrestlers because their hands are carried lower anyway, and so that sprawl puts yep. them in a more natural position to to take that shot. Because they're going to throw a punch, drop their hands, and try and take somebody down. Yeah, no, it's it was really interesting to watch the difference between Stephen Thompson fighting against Matt Brown, where Matt Brown, who's a decent wrestler, yeah. very mid-tier um, MMA wrestler, taking him down at will, and then him fighting against Johnny Hendricks, and Johnny <laughs> Hendricks trying Just twice, down. and him getting right back up. And so that really that shows me that he can. Be, I think he can beat Tyrone Woodley in the striking, and I think he can stay That's not off even of counting his back. the the reach. Difference, yeah. There. I mean, the, the height and reach difference, and that's if Tyron actually makes weight. But we'll get into that, we can get into that a different day. All right, so Gavin, we've talked about this, but Nick Diaz is now off of probation as of the beginning of this month. Yes, he is. There's a second, wasn't it? Who would you like to first see fight <clears throat> Tyron Woodley? Um, and who would you like to see Nick Diaz fight? Ooh. So, first, who would I like to see fight Tyron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you watch the the post fight after he knocked out Lawler? Yes. So he was saying he doesn't give a crap about rankings. He just wants a big wants money, money fight. He wants GSP or Diaz, is what mm-hmm. he said, right? Yes. Because those are those would be big money for him. Um, as a fan, obviously, I mean, again, we'll return. I I love GSP. I I would love to see him hopping back in there. I think that would be an awesome fight. Same with Diaz. I mean, and either one, you've got a story. You've got stuff for Joe Rogan to talk about on the the hype video, right? The two guys that knocked out Robbie Lawler or, you know, the former champ versus the current champ, right? Either one would be a big buy. That's not how Joe Rogan talks. I know. I know it isn't. That was, yeah. that was way this more Jeff. Him out. That was more Goldberg, wasn't it? Knockout. Knockout. These two men. Yeah. Um, they step into the octagon. Honestly, I say give it to Thompson, though. I think, I think Thompson's – see, and Carson and I disagree with this. We talked about this the other day. He said, you know, what is the UFC's job? It's to make fights that the fans want to see. And being real, yeah, the fans want to see money. GSP and, and is, Diaz or whoever, one of them, fight uh, Woodley. But, man, I, I, I do like seeing people be able to work it up, and I hate when people get put down just because of circumstance. But so if you were to fight in the UFC, would you fight for money or would you fight for the prestige of a belt? God, both. <laughs> if, if, you had to, like, if, primary. if you had to pick or choose primary focus? Primary focus. I think, I think the reality is you have to choose money, right? Like I think you have to. Like yeah, the belt. There's glory to it, and that's great. But the reason you want the belt is because it brings more money. Like yeah. Tyron was preaching up there when he said that. Like pay per view buys. Exactly. And- is now yeah, and Lawler even said that pre fight, right? Or actually even post fight, he said, yeah, the thing that sucks is now I'm not making. I'm not going to make as much money on my next fight because I don't have the belt around my waist. And he's making the what twenty thousand maximum off of Reebok. Yep. 
So anyway, yeah, like yeah, it's got to be money. Like these fighters have to fight for money, or else they can't fight. It's the way it works, right? Which we is, we don't get entertainment if they're not making money. Which is a huge change from Chelsea making two thousand dollars at a fight to show up I to know, a right? basement and, read, and wrestle some dude. I read today that the when Nick Diaz fought Dos Anjos, he made sixteen thousand. Sage made eighty on that. Yeah. How much you want to bet? Dumb. Dana put it to him. Nick and Nate would fight for money. Absolutely, one hundred percent not. You don't think so? No. Nate Diaz no, has they... so much respect for his older. Brother. Well, I don't well, think it has anything person. to do with not respecting him. Well, no, I don't mean. No, I don't mean. No, it's when you listen to they. I mean, vice versa. You're absolutely Dude, right. They love each other one hundred percent. But Nate, Nate has very much a little brother stigma of my older brother is the greatest thing that ever happened. And no matter what I do and how good I am, I will never be to the same level as my older brother. There is no way he would ever fight. I think that the, the sum that they would fight for is non-existent. No, oh, fair, fair. I don't, I don't think they would. I don't even think I, – I think it's – What about a charity event? No, they wouldn't fight each other. I, think even, I, I, I bet they'd like box for a charity, a charity event, event or something like that. I don't even think that Gilbert. <coughs> I don't even think they would fight Gilbert Melendez or Jake, or Jake Shields, Shields for a certain amount of money. I don't think they would. They're too, and that's what I love about them. They, they, money loyal is important they're, to they're, them, but like they're, they're street loyal, man. It's loyal, and then it's money, and then and at this point it's belts. I actually listened to an interview with Nick Diaz this morning, and uh, he has no interest in fighting. Is a Diaz ever going to get Zero. a belt? Well, he no. didn't, there's several people. No. What did you say? Sorry. I said, is a Diaz ever going to get a belt? No, nope. most likely not. No, they won't. Well, who's going to fight for the belt? Nick. But Nick, I was going to say, if Nick Nick's fight gonna, Tyron, but he doesn't I, even want to fight for the I belt. I think Nick should fight one more time and retire. <laughs> you think everyone <laughs> no, should retire? Joking. We're going to have no joking. roster. We're going to have no roster. You're gonna be, you know what? That as long as Dan Henderson retires, we're going to go to a junior high school wrestling meet. You get this kid's last match. Got to retire after this. Got to get kids getting beat, man. Can't take more damage. It's a running thing with me. I just think everyone should retire, and so now I think I'm going to try and get into at least one time. Trying to not commentate on anybody. Like we're just going to be looking at like a blank roster. Do you remember how good they were before they retired? Man, really too soon. They retired. Each fight card's going to be two guys that are 21 going at it. Five year old kid in Indiana. He might have a good fight. We're going to be looking at like (laughs) cards that have like one fight on it. Two 21-year-olds. The loser has to retire. The winner gets to go on. Retirement fights. Everyone will be a It's like racing for slips, man. you, You have to continue to win. That's how they do it. That's the only way to make the belts important anymore. You put one belt on. There's only two people in the division ever. The loser retires. The winner gets the belt. That's Justin's dream promotion. It's so hard to keep track of fighters. When I, when I start making the unified rules of MMA, that's exactly what's going to happen. Win or go home. Make it happen, people. Yep. Start promoting it's, Justin. By the way, it's already so hard to keep track of fighters. Like this, like you have to dedicate an inordinate amount of time to this sport to actually keep track of these it's, people. It's well documented how shitty I pick fights now. Yes. Ever since we started this podcast. Carson's terrible. Uh, but like when I was in my heyday and I was like sitting in my aunt and uncle's basement watching fights... Um, yeah, I, I was fights. telling, I was telling people like that was going to come up and challenge for the belt. Be like this guy Weidman in however many years. Right. And now I'm just ass at it. I can't keep up. How There's often damn do many. you know both fighters? Hardly ever. <laughs> well, on the other, on, on an undercard. <laughs> on an undercard? Card, like yesterday. So Salt Lake City was the UFC FLC was yesterday. We can get into this now. Um, moving right along. I knew on the undercard at least one of each fighter on there. However, when I realized that I didn't know who they were, it was because they were brand new into the UFC. Mm -hmm. Now, there were a couple first fights. Yeah. And so 
we can get into that. And every so often now that Titan FC and, and some of those other ones are on Fight Pass, there's some of these other guys that I've seen come through. Um, Bilal Muhammad, who just fought in there. Um, and several other ones. Shorty Torres, who's soon going to be in the UFC. Those will be guys that I know that are coming in that I watched on Titan. Steven Seiler, if he would have won, most likely would have come back to the UFC. Different things like that. Um, watching tough. That's the yeah. best way to know new fighters. And looking or, for a yeah, fight, yeah, you get fight. some of those. And so the, the they interesting... They got picked up by Netflix, by the way. I did. Yeah. I saw that. I don't know why, but... Well, the hard part is, is it's like a... Because? It's, some of them are like 15 minutes long, and some of them are like Because of Dana White's long. Trump speech, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good thing that came out after they sold, right? <laughs> Before their stocks dropped. Yeah, there wasn't Chinese people that bought it. Like half. Partly. 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 They, they, yeah, they put forward like 700 million or something like that. Um, however, getting into that, really what it takes, most people that I know as I go silent because I'm trying to gather my thoughts, most people that I know that know the most about fighting and fighters are the ones that bet professionally because mm-hmm. it is their job literally to Odds know. Makers. Not even odds makers, the ones that are trying to beat the odds makers, yeah, right. because the odds makers don't know and don't really give a shit about the first two fights on an undercard. And if you know that and you know more about the fighters coming in than the odds makers do, you can make 150 bucks on a hundred dollar bet or 250 bucks on a hundred dollar bet just because you know more than that odds maker does. Right. And that we actually had a betting guy, best fight picks, what four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And he, th- he was talking about how the odds makers are way behind on MMA as compared to other sports. Mm. They really, with the big names, they know what they're doing. But on a lot of undercards, they really don't know what they're doing. And so if you know those fighters that are coming in, you can make some really good bets and make yourself some good money. And so when I watch Twitter and we talk with people, the people that are really aware of who's co- up and coming are the people that are looking to make money off of the fights. Is it a, is it a stats thing? Like a... A low, like a non UFC stats thing, because the UFC is pretty good at gathering stats on their fighters. But before that, like any other group, like who has stats on their fighters, they right? don't know. I always thought we were talking to this kid, and he was like, "I we really don't know how the odds makers get their get their right. information." Um, but I know betters. Betters go with. We were discussing this yesterday. Which octagon they're using? Right. Size. Altitude. Um, how many fights within the UFC? What types? You know, obviously stylistic, stylistic matchup, different past, things yeah. like that. Um, but they'll go back to the Titan FC fights or their lion fights or their king of the cage. And they'll actually watch those a lot of the times before they go in and make this bet. And, or they've been watching those to begin with. And most of these people that are placing bets have been placing bets illegally for a long period of time. (laughs) And now they might be doing it legal, but if you're placing bets illegally, chances are you're streaming fights and doing other things as well that are most likely not, they might be legal. They might be paying five to $9 to stream a local fight card and, you know, whatever it is, right. a shoot of Brazil before it was on, before five it was pass. on five pass. And that way they can keep track of what's going on because legitimately, like someone were to call you about your job and you would have to know all of that information. Yeah, so sure. if you're making money off of betting and you're literally making that money and your livelihood off of betting, you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah. And out of anybody that I've seen that really knows fighters, maybe not, they couldn't con- they couldn't do a Joe Rogan commentary like oh he's going for the single leg oh he's doing this or he's doing that but they could tell you who's picked the win and why you know the history what the record is yeah. and and why they're going to put a hundred dollars on that fighter so that's that uh, that was a really long winded explanation of of all philosophy of, that. of fighting yeah. 
But let's get in the, the fight game. Let's get Salt Lake. Can we, can we just address that there's triplets on this? On what? This fight card. What do you mean there's triplets? Horacio Gutierrez, Dennis Bermudez, and Yair Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. They, they look, they they look like exactly, exactly the same person. <sighs> um, or Racist. <laughs> hey, only Anyone two of them are Mexican. <laughs> well, they're not. Bermudez, I think, is Cuban. I don't know. Caceres is Cuban. Is he? Well, he's in Florida, and he came out to Spanish music, and he was doing. He was that doing like cumbia. Salsa. I'm, I'm honestly awful with that, but dude, it was basically like the poor man's or poor city, as it were, two hundred. Like it came out hot. The yeah. undercard was amazing, yeah. Yeah. and then it just fell off. The undercard was the, the only like if I knew like if I could you know hindsight fifty fifty I would have gone for the undercard and left for the main event for a couple hours and probably Wait, come we should have gone and got dinner right fights, yeah uh, some of the like the the morose Taylor fight was unwatchable absolutely oh my awful gosh it was unwatchable but the Trevor as a matter of fact the, I don't think we watched it no, no like, <laughs> right? we ended up talking about other stuff um, that was one of the only times the Trevor Smith seat. fight also wasn't very good. I mean, he did what he had to do to win. I think the most interesting thing to me was that watching fights without commentary. It was yeah. a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Dude, let's be real. Joe Rogan provides a good service. Well, it's like watching soccer. Like, if you were to just watch it on silent, if you don't know, like, you know what's going on and you can see it, but it's a lot harder to focus than when someone's being like, oh, they're passing it here and they're going here and this is why they're doing this. And, and you know, God damn it. it, when I was doing my commentary, I thought I was providing <laughs> yeah. a public service. That apparently some people didn't appreciate. It wasn't even commentary. We were discussing between no, ourselves. No, there was a little commentary. For there was a little, there there was was. play-by-play. Yeah, there was. Oh, what was there? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll admit there was some play-by-play. <laughs> That's all right. Mm-hmm. No, I, they, I mean, they, there was no other we play-by-play. We were at a sporting event. Yeah. Better that talk than, about the sport. than yelling for other for men to yelling at other men to put their penises in the other men's bum. Yeah. Which was what was being yelled behind <laughs> Wait, us. Since, since we're getting into the level one the, sports the, the UFC, yeah, the UFC card we will get into. Let's get into the, the, the four types of UFC fans that I have decided that there are. Number one, the one that knows nothing about the UFC that is invited by their friend with a free ticket or whatever it is. Paul. And, then, and then you have to walk them through it. Which here's, is Here's their beer to buddy's house. So if there's a great fight, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know why I watched more. And then if there's a UFC Salt Lake card, they will never watch MMA again. They might have for like Yair and, and Ciceris. But by that time. Well, you got a while. If they like, showed up late. Yeah, it's like if you replay just that. Do you remember time. adaptation with Nick Ca- Nicholas Cage? I do. When he when he goes to see the uh, the guy to tell him how to write, he just he tells him you have to wow him in the end. So I think you you could still save a lot of the fans by wowing him in the end. But then yeah. he also reads his he also reads his brother's screenplay and tells him that it makes absolutely no sense. But that screenplay is picked up by Hollywood. Well, and his, in fact, is not. But he says that before. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to think of that's McKee. His name's something McKee. The guy's name. He's an actual person. Yeah. And so he tells him, he tells his brother that his, so the, the premise of the show is that he's a screenwriter and his brother wants to, he's a twin brother and he wants to screenwrite with him. But his brother wants to write this terrible, like social commentary vampire novel and it's terrible. Vampire Detective, if I remember yeah, correctly. Something's it's hilarious. Bad. Where he ends up being the, the, the same the, person. The detective like, and the killer are the same person. It's hilarious. And then so he's writing like a, like <laughs> actual like well-done material. And his brother's actually the one getting picked up by his publicist. And he gets super upset. And he tells his brother Donald that it's that everything that he writes is shit. And he's like, no, you, you, you're having a writer's block. You should really go to this McKee guy. <laughs> and so Charles... Goes to McKee and McKee tells him you have to wow him in the end. You can do whatever you want through the middle of the book, but you got to wow or the screenplay. You got to wow him in the end. And they did that last night. Yeah, 
Yes, yeah. yes, they did. That was a very great analogy for that. That was long-winded. If you're, I, I haven't, haven't seen the movie, and also. so I'll let you. I'll let you borrow it. That's really so good. good. That's right. like that. So four types of UFC fan: the casual fan that is invited by his friend. Hopefully, he's wowed at the end. More like the non-fan. Like Paul does yeah. not like MMA. He's a, the, the non-fan. He loves well, jujitsu. The person that's willing to go do the like, be at the same place that their friends are, just to be in a social environment. Yeah. Well, sport uh, fans in general. Yes. They just like to be at a sporting yeah. event. All right. Number two. The guy is behind the, us. The really annoying guy that yells inappropriate, not only comments or words or sexual innuendos or just ridiculously terrible things. The things that any ground game is homosexual sex. Yes. <laughs> right? And tells you every five minutes for a 15-minute fight. Not even that. Every two and a half minutes. Essentially, they're boxing minutes. fans that don't know where to find boxing anymore. By the way, would boxing fans please stop tweeting about MMA <laughs> fighters not being able to defend? You don't know what you're talking about. Yes. They probably know a little bit. 12-ounce gloves, 4-ounce gloves. So different. Yes, I can agree. I agree with that. So there's those guys. No kicks in boxing, my and friend. More alcohol is is drink. The, the comments get more annoying, and then they drop. That what, guy, but to be what, fair, was one. We were discussing this one sentence away from dropping the n word too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it was bad. He dropped faggot, <clears throat> retard, and I'm pretty sure he would have dropped the n word if he thought that he there wasn't Could've a black out gentleman there. two rows in front of him who would have owned him. Bob Sapp looking. Five, six. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Michael, Clark, Michael Clark, Duncan Clark Duncan Jr. Thank you. So there's that guy. There's <laughs> them. Then there's people that are like us that know enough about MMA, have trained a little Ish. bit, and like to actually discuss things during MMA matches. There's sometimes apparently annoys people, which brings us to our number four fan, which is, I know more than you do. I used to train BJJ. I've been watching MMA since the Pride days. I'm better than everyone else, and whatever you say is wrong, and I'm going to giggle at your commentary. And then fight you. And then try and pick a fight when you call me out on it. Those are the four types of MMA fan. And only one of those, two types of those MMA fans are, are fine. The ones that aren't MMA fans, that just watch and mind their own damn business. Who and, often turn into third-level MMA fans. Yeah. Who will watch when Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, yeah. anyone else fight. And those that know enough about MMA to discuss it, have a civil conversation, enjoy fights, and go on with the rest of their life because there's more important things. Here's the thing. That could have, like, he could have handled this so much better. Well, like, we, we need to uh, explain what so, he So, better. Gavin, he, it was, he was in an elevated state at the time, and um, he, was, he was very talkative. Which is fine. Like, Which that's, is we normal. Were there, and we were there with a bunch of friends. And we were having guy a, I like talking. Gavin and we I were haven't a good seen time. each other in about two years. Yeah, we were we were talking MMA, which was happening in front of us. Um, and this guy in front of us was very upset by it and uh, didn't like the quote unquote commentary. He was a fourth level fan. He was fourth level to the point where he was trying to take out his phone and record what Gavin was saying to just be a dick. So, by the way, as a as a side note, the things I were saying basically. Oh, yeah, you can tell when he gives up on that double leg, goes for the single leg, he's not getting the takedown. Well, and we were describing to Paul, who was a level one MMA fan, that what a body triangle was and why you get a body triangle and how it can affect the breathing of the person who has but you're not gonna body triangle yeah, put on them. But, yeah, you're not going to submit them. But it, it, it makes it like miserable. And this guy was not having our commentary. So everything was fine at that point. I mean, he's being an ass. Meh. And so then the BYU football team was there, 
and he is a Utes fan, which was probably 90% of the stadium. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Um, totally fine. And totally so he just fine. starts yelling at them for about five minutes. They can't hear him, by the way. They're two sections over oh, and all the way down at the bottom. Well, and let's say, let's say this, too. Just B- shows to show, again, how big of assholes Utah fans are. BYU, and they and they are. <laughs> just BYU, kidding. no, I know that was a slight of me, but I can agree with that. <laughs> Especially after last night. You're not well, you got to remember, these BYU players are probably, what, every one of them's under They're, 25? Yeah. Under at least, I mean, the old ones are twenty five, and that's just because it's a Utah, a Utah they team. And- yeah, <laughs> this guy was pushing thirty five, maybe a little bit older. Yeah, and he's just berating these kids who are just trying to play football. Who would have killed him? Oh yeah, if I mean, he said it to their face. <laughs> some of these dudes were huge, and not all of them, but some yeah. of these dudes. I mean, we're talking Utah. We we get a lot of Pacific Islanders in here yeah. to play to play sports with us. And they didn't care. I mean, they coach, couldn't hear him. Right. There were yeah. two sections over all the way down at the bottom. We were in the yeah. nosebleeds, and we're the in the middle of a fight. I'm pretty sure it was the the. It wasn't the Talus. It, it was, was a. It was a middle of a Bermuda's fight. It was Camozzi. It was, was Camo- it no, 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 it was, it was Ronnie Jason. Yeah, it was Ronnie Jason. Yeah. And the reason I remember Jason that Bermuda's. is because he was a huge Jason fan and was like standing up and cheering as everyone was cheering for. Bermuda's. And then he left for Bermudas. No, he left no, for Bermudas. He took two seats up to separate himself from. No, he left. Oh, he it went, it went I walked out there. He was, decision. Oh, I he think this it. happened in the first half of the fight. It was Honey. Yeah. It was Honey Jason. Because but he anyways. stood up and was cheering and was like <coughs> so this super is, stoked about So this it. is what happened. So Gavin just says, are we watching the U of U game or are we watching fight? And then so he goes, he just gets, it sets him off. And then we get verbal exchange and him and the other the other five guys or four guys that he was with, they, they all start going bravo and everything. and and it's looking to get ticked off. But, like, the whole thing could have been very easily handled. We're very talkative people. If you think that Gavin's commentary was wrong, just turn around and say, no, man, that's not what he's trying to do. We'll have a conversation with you. We like talking Absolutely, to everybody. 100%. Like, it was so stupid. It was, And then, well, to his credit, though, he was being an asshole, but he did just get up and leave. And I, yeah. I, that was respectable. He, and I did see him outside. He did seem pretty heated, but he calmed himself down, came back. He was smiling, whatever. Yeah. We move on. That was actually one of when – you're, when you're almost 40 – there's certain decisions that you make in your life that you can actually be like, hey, that was a great decision. This gentleman got up and separated himself from the situation because he saw that it was getting out of hand and he was starting to look foolish, which was a very 35 to 40-year-old thing to do. Well, because the people mature. that weren't yeah. even in the frontal lobe won out. Yes. Because, like, the uh, and like our, again, our level one friend, Paul, who has been on the show. He's been on this one, right? Yeah, he's been he's on, been the on show. this. I can't remember if you'd been on ours or only. Anyways, so he was just... He hates blood. Like once yeah. he doesn't have a problem with blood, he just thinks once you start bleeding, the fight's the fight over. Be over. And so he was. It got to the point where Paul was just like, "Stop the bleeding!" And the guy just turned around, who Paul had said nothing to him, and Paul had just been minding his business, watching the fights, and just Keep goes, "Blood in your mouth." Keep running your mouth. If you don't like it, you can get the out. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh, why? Why? No, that's what he said. Oh, yeah. he didn't, no, he didn't say if you don't like it. He thought that Paul was yelling what, directly what at him. He did for a little yeah, bit, but saying. then when they kept like, Paul didn't even pay attention to him for yeah. a little bit. But then Paul like started hearing. But the guy started telling him. And Paul's like, I'm not talking to him. And he's like, and he started telling them to get out. Like he did say oh. that. It was just like I what he just thought that. No matter- and that's when he started feeling stupid. And that's when he left. Well, oh. I think the the the. I don't know the right expression for that. The climax, whatever, the, yeah. the part where he his frontal lobe won out yeah. is Justin literally said, he is not even talking mm. to you. He has nothing to do with this. You're being an asshole, yeah. right? I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Nothing, to do, nothing to do with this. Yeah. He, saw, he, he saw my sincerity and realized that he was blowing it out of proportion. Because it was, it was the, the eyes like, dude, really? Yeah. You're like, you have no idea yeah. how stupid you look right now. 
Yeah, so Salt Lake was it was a shit show. Okay, We're not go, gonna lie with the fans. One more thing. One more thing about the fans. Stop booing. Stop. Booing. Like, okay, it goes to the ground. That's a that's an aspect of the sport. The Morose right? fight, I kind of under. I would okay, yeah. It, there, but there, I there are some why that got booed. Yeah, but the the Trevor Smith fight, he was fighting not to lose. Yeah, he's at altitude. He's. I mean, the guy was training out of of Power MMA in Arizona, which is like one of the most respected wrestling gyms. CB right. Dalloway, Ryan Bader, uh, not Cain Velasquez. He's never no, been he's down in there. California. Because well, I mean, he was in Yuma for a little while. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, but that's a that's a prestigious wrestling gym. Yeah, and he got out wrestled, which is really bizarre to me. Um, Salt, Salt Lake City is hot. Is high. Let's <laughs> let's talk about some of the act, like the actual card though, because there was some good things that did happen early on. <clears throat> Um, oh yeah, the the Cub Swanson fight. I've never. I I didn't think he was going to have as much problem as he did. As many problems as he did. Cal Jerry's a solid fighter. He was. He, he looked good. He looked like he had a good game plan. He's got such a mean mug. He look at that guy. His striking was lesser than Bermudez's, which you can or not Bermudez. Sorry, Swanson. Swanson's a solid striker. Swanson has tried his entire career to stay off of his back. You, and anytime, if you look at the stats down, for that fight, uh. Uh-uh. So they threw almost the identical amount of strikes. Landed um, or just thrown? No, thrown. But the the accuracy was 68 to 39. How do they grade those spinning back fists that he did nonstop? Elbow. Yeah, the back elbow. Uh, the did they count elbow. that as two? Yeah, because he threw right. one and then the spinning uh-huh. elbow. He, I think he connected on one, and then after that, Swanson was like, no, this isn't going to happen again. I see it coming every time you set this up. He literally probably threw that in double digits. No, yeah. he did. I know he did. Yeah, he probably threw more than 10. It was the fight itself was like I said the undercard for that was awesome. Uh, the main heavyweight fight was great in the first round. Oh, Ledet yeah. and uh, the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman. Thank you. That was actually a super good fight in the first round. The only difficulty was heavyweights at altitude throwing as hard oh, as they, they can. So fast. They were trying to finish in the first round, and if you don't at altitude. It's going to go three rounds. Well, I thought Ledet looked good for all three. He kept throwing that jab. Like I just think that Sherman just... That, yeah, the left jab. I think Sherman just... Time. And this happened a couple times. Uh, I think it happened with Yair after he threw everything that he knew how to throw, but like in the first two rounds. But I think he just kind of ran out of solutions. Yeah. And it was just like... And he just didn't know what to do. And so he tried to just like call him out and like get some fans over doing the weird... Like... Yeah. yeah. Out, throwing his hands up. Yeah. And Ledet had already won. So he coasted kind of towards the end of the fight. And they shouldn't have booed because they were cheering. That's the other irritation I have. If you're cheering for the first 10, 12 minutes of a fight and the last two minutes, the guy that has dominated the fight decides that he's just not going to get knocked out by a heavyweight, don't boo him at the end. You boo a football game when they're up by 20-some-odd points and they they start running the ball? When they park the bus, yeah. No. Exactly. And so Cub Swanson, the one irritation – Two things about this. I was really, really glad it was it was at the beginning of the round, or okay. at the beginning of the card. But at the same time, I was annoyed that it wasn't at the beginning of the card because it should have been on the main card, and one of those other cards should have been brought down, and it probably would have worked out a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ishihara, do we want to talk about that? Ishihara is Utah bitches, Salt Lake City. He's a fun dude, man. I I expected more of Team Alpha Male to be here, especially because the last time Justin Buckles fought well, here, like two, five years ago. Two Alpha Male guys on the team. So uh, uh, Andre Feely was here. Justin Buckles, their coach, was here. And then two guys I didn't recognize. But, like, Uriah Faber came in last time. 
I figured Cody Nolove would be here because he's his roommate, you know, supporting, seeing that it's really close he to Vegas. Up, he might not Apparently be. Mendes Maybe, yeah. has been uh, salmon fishing for like two weeks, yeah. according to Twitter. Probably longer than that. Probably. Hopefully, like it's, hopefully that uh, the seawater is not bad on his skin. Those, uh, those salmon feed on wild yams. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know what he Sarah took. Yams. Um, Estrogen blockers. No, he had. Uh, it was his skin. His skin ointment had a a testosterone supplement in it to help. Don't doesn't yours fight it? Um, my TRT has a testosterone supplement in it. <laughs> My wild yams does. Yeah, your wild yams. No, it's an extra my horse meat. My no, horse meat. wild yams are testosterone. Is it testosterone? That's how they get it. That's how they make steroids. Ah, oh, that makes sense. I thought they just got them from horses. They get them from just... That, that's only for... Uh, they get them from humans. Totally that's why you have to go to Mexico. I thought they got them from horse meat from Mexico. <laughs> Actually, yes, you act, you can from what I understand. In what is honesty. his name? Why, Who? why not? Horse meat. <laughs> Who was it that tested positive and said it was horse meat? Oh, I don't know. Heavyweight. Frank Mir has no. said something like no, that. No, he didn't say it was heavyweight. From, no, heavyweight from Europe. Like That doesn't differentiate from what you said. Yeah. Croatia? Eastern Europe? No, it was recent. <laughs> it was like last year, right? Oh, my God. That's terrible. Anyways. Well, they've actually said, like, they came out and were like, hey, Knocked anyone? Knocked out Brock Lesnar. Big dude. Shane Carlin? Nope. Nope. They didn't knock him out. Nobody knocked out Frank Mir. Did you not make him knock him out? Frank Alistair Mir, Overeem. Alistair Overeem. Overeem. Overeem said it was horse meat. Did he say it was horse he meat? He said horse meat. Then he's been eating horse meat since his pride days when he went from 180 know, right? to 245 pounds. Vitor used to eat a lot of horse meat, too. Yeah, he still... Yeah. <laughs> now he just eats dad bod. <laughs> he okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna take a quick second to set the record straight for a friend of mine with the um, the Teruto Ishihara are you bring, Are you bringing this up? I'm bringing this up. Uh, is this allowed? Uh, no. But I'm setting the record straight. I, I was just saying it's I going thought on, it was it's funny. Go, I thought I have a okay. good friend. Okay. It's going on Reddit. I'm going to say her name, too. Deanna Bennett. Okay. Fighter. <laughs> we are Victor, by responsibility. the way. She's got a fight coming up in September. Good friend of mine. She can kill it. Um, She's friends with Team Alpha Male, right? And obviously, as we all know, our, our friend Teruto won a fight from Team Alpha Male mm-hmm. last night. And what was what was his uh, comment at the end? Uh, he loves his bitches. I love he, my bitches and happy wants, birthday, mom, or something like that. Yeah, I think he said, "Where are my Salt Lake bitches? Let's go party or something like that." Right. So, <laughs> my my friend uh, Deanna and a couple other people go yeah. hang out with the the team Alpha Male guys after the fight. Teruto falls asleep. He just had a fight, and they say, "Dude, you were talking mad shit about your Salt Lake bitches. Let's take a picture." Got posted on Twitter. Run from, from, from his Snapchat or somebody's Snapchat. It right. could have been one of the female right. fighters' yep. Snapchats because they're Invicta. Ended up on MMA Junkie. Yeah, Everybody's up. seeing it. Guys, I want you to know my friend is not a hooker. She really isn't. She's a wonderful person. And I don't know what hookers <laughs> look like in other states, but the hookers in Utah probably aren't as attractive as any of those girls. No, in not even a I'm little bit. Be, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're not. No. Um... Did you see the the interview after his fight or yeah after his fight that they had? Because I don't think yes. they did a post fight. I think they just all just that interviewed him. Snippet. Yeah, and and so he had a translator, and it was so funny because they were like, "So the audio cut out at the end of what you were saying," and his eyes got this big, like, "What? <laughs> I was hilarious." <laughs> and he's like, "Where my tall bitches?" <laughs> <laughs> that freaking dude, man. Yeah, he's a good time. I'd hang out with that. Anyway, guy. seems like a fun guy. They had a fun time. No, my friend is not a prostitute. And I don't believe any of those women were. They were just no. having a good time. I know I know two of the four women in that picture, both very good people, definitely not being prostitutes. Yeah. Gavin went there. 
Um, so there's that. Sorry, D. So we've got 17 minutes left. Do you guys want to talk about the new rules that are going to be implemented in January? Got to be or rules, do you want right? to get? Let's talk. I want to talk Yair a yeah, little bit. Yeah, let's get in. Oh, I was because I I was saying for a while like this guy. I went back and watched his fight, um, the other one like his previous fight, and I, he's gonna be a killer. Like people are like this card shit, and I'm like, you're talking is- the Feely. Yair Rodriguez. I watched that. Oh, yeah. Well, no, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I yeah. watched that today too. And so it's well, not today. I meant like like before oh, gotcha. all this was going. And I was like, it, he's gonna be good. Like, and because it kind of was spur, like spawned from Joe Rogan being like, this guy does Taekwondo techniques that are next level. And so I was like, well, let's go see. And so like you watch, and he just does stuff. And then, dude, he just he probably in the first two rounds probably threw double the amount of kicks that he than he threw punches. Yeah, yeah those those oh, yeah. leg kicks were. And that do you remember the triple kick to the gut? Mm-hmm. That was nuts. So I went back and I watched the the Andre Feely fight mm-hmm. just today, mm-hmm. um, and it, he destroyed him. And Andre Feely's not a bad fighter. No, he's right? a great fighter. Yeah, and yeah. he killed him that that switch round kick to the head. Uh-huh. Anyway, you watch at the very beginning the things that the Joe Rogan was saying when he was walking out. He said a lot of people are comparing this guy to Anthony Pettis, right? He's like, but the truth is. This guy's better than Anthony Pettis because he doesn't give a shit because he actually goes for it and he's not scared. Like Anthony Pettis really does have these flashes of brilliance, right? Like honestly, Benson Henderson, that, that kid, he did, he had, hasn't lately. But like legitimately, like he had these flashes of brilliance, but Yair's like whole fight is just the most mm-hmm. fluid, creative striking. Okay, I, I will say Conor McGregor has fluid, creative striking and I like watching him strike. And it, but I would actually say that stylistically it's comparable, right? Like just yeah. the, the fluidity from punches to kicks where he would throw, he, he'd do this spin and it looked like he was going up for a kick and it would always be the right. It was just super, it was creative. Nobody does that. Can, can we just also be fair with Anthony Pettis? Like he has still flashes of brilliance. Do you know who he fought last though? And he's coming up on August 27th. That's why I think it's Is it RDA. RDA. Yeah. Eddie Alvarez. Edson Barbosa. And he's had, okay. Okay. Decision, split decision, decision. I, okay. I, Anthony Pettis is a badass. I, I'll just. I like him. I throw him in with John Jones. I think his own self esteem and self. <clears throat> oh, he's not unsure of himself. You think it's a mental thing? I think it's a mental thing. I think he's the natural talent's there. Natural talent. I when you see him from when he was coming up and just dominating everybody to now, it, he looks night and day different. Did I mean, did he fall victim like, to Rush versus GSP? No, no, no. It's Eb. I'm telling you, man. It's Eb and flow in that division. Well, wow, one stringing together, yeah, getting a title fight. It's nobody's a hell gonna of a hold, division, dude. Nobody's gonna hold the belt there. It's a hell Eddie of Alvarez a division. isn't. He might get a win or two, but it. Blame we'll one. What is Edson Barbosa ranked right now? He's at, he was fifth when he lost when he won his last fight. He's, he's a gonna, badass. He's man. gonna be a little bit higher. But you remember five years ago he was supposed to be the next Anderson Silva. That's true. And then he went back and forth, back and forth, and it is now finally getting to where he needs to be. MMA is a ridiculously hard physical, emotional, and mental sport. The the thing that I really like about MMA and MMA fighters, it's the only sport that you can't go out and party the day before. NFL fighters are out partying, uh, MLB players, NBA players. All of these people are out partying the day before their fights. And these MMA fighters aren't having a drink or having really clean diets six months out. They're present in the fight that yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. They John get to party Jones the next day. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, John Jones. And his record has proven what doing that yeah, will get exa- you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of wins. A lot of wins. A, a, lot, of win. well, a lot of tickets. When you have that God-given A lot of talent. people hating you. And that's, so it's interesting. So Yaya Rodriguez is at 145. 
What do you do with him? I mean, do you think he beats Locked anyone in the top Edson five? Barbosa. No, you don't go immediately top five. He's I still don't got some think fights. He's, a, he's number 12. Um, so what's his next 14. fight? He was 14. So Dennis Wasn't Bermudez he? is in there. He could fight. Cub Swanson's in there. He could fight. I like Cub. Um, I would like to see him fight a wrestler. I mean, he has. I think Hooker was a wrestler. Dan, I think his name is Dan Hooker. Tried to he Let's set him up, up though. Rankings. He he allowed him to take him down. And he did that with Caceres once too, not in the fifth round, but I think like in the third, where he just kind of rolled into the takedown <clears> and went directly for the. <throat> he went directly for the uh, submission, which is actually how he submitted one of his prior opponents. It was on Reddit. I Yard Rodriguez, I like a lot. Eventually, though, if you're that active and you, you throw that many punches, you're either going to get caught or you're going to fight a wrestler who just puts you on your back for 25 minutes. But he scares – like, so he – I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about, though. Caceres was a great matchup. He so, looked awesome. And he's yeah, submitted awesome. his last, what, four guys? So he's he can take people – He knocked out Feely. No, no. I'm Caceres. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean – He's he, undefeated and dropping to featherweight. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's that easy to take down. And who's going to take him down – well, um, Frankie Edgar. Yes. No. Yeah. I was going to say, here's Mendes the thing. Won't be there for two years. Guy, so. guy with better hands. Well, he's not a feather. I'm joking. I, no, he is a featherweight. You're right. Yeah. Guy with better hands. Like, I, I think that he, the creativity leaves him open for, for, sure. for a good boxer. Yeah. So he, he keeps him so far. Well, yeah, he keeps great distance. That's why I say a great boxer. It'd have to be good Ooh. boxers. Good at closing that distance. So Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar. Uh, Max Holloway would be interesting. That would be, but he Holloway wants to fight Edgar. Give him like Jeremy so Stevens or Dennis Bermudez. Like they're both. Yeah, I think he knocks out Stevens because Stevens Wait, is a. Did Edgar go back up like, to that weight? Edgar's at one thirty-five. Forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holloway, McGregor, Mendez, who's out now. Uh, McGregor, Cubs Aldo, Watson. Frankie Edgar, Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas, Cub Swanson, Charlie's Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Dennis Bermudez, Brian Ortega, Akran Diaz, uh, Darren <clears throat> Elkins. Dohu Choi Yair Rodriguez. I wanted to see him fight. I wanted to see him fight um, Ricardo Lamas. I don't want to see him fight That's Brian too Ortega because Ortega's a wrestler. It's too early. <clears throat> Lamas is good, but Lamas is a Lamas is just like Stevens, man. Where he just is like a bullheaded, tuck your head down, throw that overhand right. It's interesting. The kid. It, it'll be interesting to see where the hype train ends and if it ends. He's no more than primed to do really well in that division and possibly be a champion. He's twenty three. He's not. There's nothing guaranteed yet. He's. They need to not Sage Northcutt him though. They need to actually give him some time yeah. to, to build. That's up. what I'm saying. I don't want to see top five yet. Like, if if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's two fights out of top five, I think. But I would like to see maybe a Jeremy Stevens or him versus Dennis Bermudez would be interesting. I think. Let's discuss something. Yeah. Going back and then probably forward again. Um, Everyone talking about how the UFC is now pushing Yair Rodriguez way too hard. Well, they didn't push him at all here in Utah. There yeah. was not any promotion or marketing. No. So, I mean, I was so there, this is twofold for me. Um, I'm really, really bummed by Utah fans um, and not showing up. So it was at the Delta Center. They're, they'll try to take the Avivant, whatever, Homes Energy Arena Solutions. Home. But it's not. It's the Delta Center. And so behind the two um, hoops would be like the north and south ends. Those were pretty much bare. Yeah. They were bare. And then there was a substantial amount of people on the east and west ends. So I'm I'm kind of bummed by Utah fans on that. But we were talking about it. I, I would ask anybody, do you know the UFC is coming? No. Have you seen any billboards? No. Was it on local programming? Was it on radio? You know who no, should, no, should they no. should hire? 
whoever did the the media buying for that Cavalia horse show because they had oh my god <laughs> they yeah, had every man. billboard in every Jeez, billboard man. along I fifteen they were also here for like three months so if we could get that with the UFC that'd <laughs> yeah, be dope we got UFC's got way more money than. Uh, the Cavalier <laughs> horse. Anymore, not after the three months they spent here in Utah. It was two hundred dollars a ticket for those. Yeah, days. man, and and they all they did was just post up in a mall parking lot, mm-hmm. and that was everywhere. Yeah, so they should hire the media. That's actually buyer. a good call. Yeah, <laughs> they should hire Seriously. the media buyer for. Which just seemed like they didn't do anything with old media. No, and that's it. Would kind of bum me out because like I didn't anywhere that I went, like there was nothing to sell it. No newspapers. They had ESPN 700, but I didn't hear any commercials. I didn't hear any radio commercials on ESPN 700 for it. Mm-mm. I tried to win tickets on ESPN 700, but I had to go like Google search it and find it myself. They really didn't push it at all. And so that's – we'll get into that. We, we run this podcast. Did you know that DJ was here? I did not know DJ was here. And you – I mean like- – I found out later. I, I run the Twitter account. I'm on Twitter – Every hour, once an hour, reading through it. And I had no idea DJ was going to be in for the Q&A until about an hour before. And it was way too late to actually get <coughs> down there. In the middle of a work day, too. Yeah. It's just, it bummed me out, man. And I thought that, I thought there was really good energy for the few people that were there. I thought people got really loud. Yeah, yeah they did. And the cool part was, is you always hear about the Pride Days where, like, those Asian crowds were completely silent until something happened, whether it be a transition or like a knockdown or a takedown, and then it would just erupt for a little bit and then go silent. It was very much the same. When there's no commentary over it, it is completely silent. When something happens, takedown, transition, someone gets up, whatever it is, everybody cheers, and then it goes silent. And it was it was a really cool atmosphere, but those four terrible fights just took the air right out of the freaking arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, where Talisman I will say though, was a t- decent fight, but no one wanted to watch. Total side note, though, the energy in the arena for Quartz fight yeah. was legit. Mm-hmm. Like that, I've I've been to several sporting events. I've rarely been to an event where the energy was that high. Like yeah. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. When everyone can get behind one person, not yeah. just one team, but one person, an, an so, individual. I mean, there was what twenty thousand people there, maybe. Yeah. No. 15? Yes. No, it holds 20. No, I thought it held, held with 50. The f- no. With no. the upper deck? With No. When they open up the bottom, like since they don't have to have like a full NBA court down there, there are probably a few more thousand, but it's in the it's in the, the low 20s. It's in the low 20s. Interesting. So um, there was maybe up, then but... seven, seven to 8,000 then you think? Um, what is it? The Vivint Home? Yeah. But that, Vivint Smart Home that, that makes me feel bad. But I actually... So go look at our Twitter. I actually filmed um, the audience during the, the prelims. and it 19,911 fi- oh, yeah. is what it fits. And with the okay. with the floor, it's probably like hits a cool 20,000. We maybe had 10,000 people there. So I filmed it on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> the video is on there. It's about less, a little less than three-fourths full, a little bit more than half full, I would say. Um, and that was prelims. And there wasn't very many more people that actually showed up. No, so good no. for Utah because everyone was there for the prelims. Bad for Utah because it was only about a little over half full. Um, bad on the UFC. We conspiracy theorists here believe that they don't want to come back to Utah. So they didn't spend any money actually you know, pushing it. The card itself, I mean, it did have Cub Swanson. It did have Yari Rodriguez. It did have Dennis Bermudez, Tal Slatis, but no one really cares. Um, so there were those four names, but they weren't fighting anybody that was, you know, top 10. They were all top 10 fighters fighting somebody outside of 
on a free FS1. On an, uh, well, and you okay. talked about this too. They just they did a shitty job planning it. Mm-hmm. Berkman had a fight. Um, O'Connell had a John fight. O'Connell had a fight. Cormagee was the only local fighter on the card. Which they brought got in, some good fighters here. They brought in foreigners. Yeah. So which is great for me. Timor, the Swedish dude. <clears throat> they had Polish fighters. They had Czech, fighters from the Czech Republic. They had fighters Mexican, from Mexican, Brazilian, Mexican, Brazilian, exactly. Argentinian, Argentinian. Yeah, with Ponzinibbio. Or he's maybe Brazilian. I don't. Well, the weirdest part is too is all of those fighters had fought each other before. Ponzinibbio had beat Court. Court had beat. Um, Dominic still had fought Ponzinibbio mm-hmm. as well. Like, basically... Got knocked out by him. Yeah. Everybody else, like, on that card, there were a ton of people within the, like, 20 to, to told, 30 though, range. The UFC does have to have sorting out cards, right? They have to oh, have, yeah. like, a shit, who comes up next? Have a card in Salt Lake City so we can figure that the out. The undercard... Yair comes up now. The undercard know? is what I expected for the whole thing because it was a bunch of up-and-comers that were hungry right. that wanted to prove themselves. And they wanted to prove themselves on national TV rather than a pay-per-view mm-hmm. or on an undercard of a Which pay-per-view. is actually really good for, for up-and-comers. And the undercard did awesome. And then the first four fights of the main card were awful. And then they finished out strong. Yeah. I don't know about the first four being Morose and Taylor... Um, it was it was broken Trevor, up. It was Trevor broken up Smith, by court, wasn't it? The other guy, court's oh, fight wasn't no. court's fight was awesome, but wasn't that great. I feel like there was only two like really bad fights. The problem was the Ponzinibbio Cummings fight would have been fine on a normal card if it hadn't followed those two. Yeah. The it lettuce as the guy behind us would call him and Camozzi lettuce and Camozzi fight, um, <laughs> which I actually really liked for the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It was, actually, but it's it was not. It was exciting to the layman. It was great. And no, well, and that's the thing is there there needs to be there needs to be like a good flow right. of everything in my opinion for me to really enjoy the card. And it dropped. And it just dropped and oh, then the it was Taylor. just it was just ground game, which I like ground game, but you could tell like that's you needed something flashy to bring the audience up. So it almost should have been Yair Rodriguez in the main not in the main event, but in the middle of that card and it's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And then they should have had an actual like big name to carry Bermuda the main event. Well else. no, even like a bigger name than that to carry the main event. Something like we should have gotten the Maya Condit fight. Something like that. It doesn't even have to be a I title fight. Been. It would have sold out with Maya Condit. One hundred percent. Yeah. Condit's from and New Mexico. Like we would have got the New Mexico people, we got the Vegas like Well in Arizona. He knows a ton of people in Arizona as well, apparently. Yeah. And I mean so I think something. I think that's almost how it should have been. I don't think Yair and Caceres is. It's the weakest main event I've they ever. They didn't seen. hold water. Well, no. there was no reason for people to travel down from Idaho either. No. Like Idaho, I don't think had. They might have had one card, but I don't believe so. No. Like so, you look at Idaho and Colorado, Wyoming, Wyoming, right, the region you're pulling from. Yeah, people that are people that are three hours away. If it was a good enough event, would have driven down. They would have bought tickets, hundred fifty dollar tickets, and they would have driven down. And just like people do in Vegas, they would have planned an entire weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they would have been here, and then they would have gone home. People travel to Utah all of the time to spend time outdoors in the summer. Yeah. If you would have had just one big and name, advertise those it people for God's sake. Yeah. It was a bummer. Top to, I felt bad, but I, I felt bad. I was let down by the Utahns. I was mostly let by, down by the local promotion in the UFC, though. Literally no advertisement. None. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, finishing up, we didn't actually get into... You got so much to talk about next week now. We have a ton to talk about. Thanks for nothing, Gavin. Talk about Sorry, love. Guys. Why don't you keep love. us on point? That's what we brought here for the media. Job. No. We put that on you. We put well, that on our guests. Your fault. We were on My point. Fault. I mean, we talked about the Salt Lake card, we, and we said we can talk about the Salt Lake card for an entire hour. 
We've got some other stuff did. in there, but we more or less talked about the Salt Lake Car for an If Jacasses wouldn't have got us uh, all riled up yesterday, we could have used that time to talk about 202. Yeah. True. Well, you got 202 and you got the new rules. But we did get into that. Oh, we didn't talk about the new rules. rules. Damn it. We didn't talk about it. That's good because I don't know anything about them. I was going to let you guys tell me about it and I was going to react to it. Tell me about it, stud. Tell me about it, stud. That actually makes for really good, you know. <gasps> like I did on yeah, the podcast. We'll we don't want a really reacting. good podcast. We want a mediocre podcast. Yeah. We're trying funny. to get into just like the, yeah, they're all right range. Yeah. Like That's I listen to them when. They like you want people in Idaho guy. to be like super into it. Yeah. <laughs> but the skinheads. We want fans. <laughs> we want fan one to. Your type of people. We yeah, want fan yeah. one. We want the MMA fans to be in it. I know Level you guys one. can't see Justin, Level one. <laughs> but he is a skinhead. Yeah. Totally. Swastika tattooed on his bald head. Oh, yep. Level one fans are what we're aiming for. Level one fans. Oh, yeah, the ones who know nothing about them. <laughs> we exactly. want you, Matt Mark. If you need them, you Mark. need more nudity in this show. Paul Sheffield. Oh, there we go. Carson just showed a nip. Free the nip. And there's your nudity. You're welcome. You show the angry Courtesy of your visitor, Gavin. Well, gentlemen, Gavin, once again, thank you for being here. I'm be sure, back on. I'm sure it'll probably be like a monthly thing now. You'll pleasure. probably come on all the time. Dude, I love it. Yeah. We got a pool. Bring the daughters. They can play with the dog and go to the pool. Bring and the puppy. The yeah. Bring the puppy. Be good times. Play dates. We can play. We can bring Rod. Rod will come. Yeah. Rod's fast. Paul's not invited. <laughs> he doesn't like blood. And he, we don't like him around girls. <laughs> <laughs> you like him around boys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Nambla. He's got his rights. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and with that, once again, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to. This one most likely won't go up on YouTube. Sorry, the 50 people on there. Listen, listen to us to on us. syndicated radio. If we're not on syndicated radio near you, <laughs> make a big stink about it at your local station. <laughs> Get us on that docket. Because yeah. they're on everywhere else but your but Get us, your yeah. Area. Yeah, your area is the only place that we're not on ESPN, whatever the radio is. Make it happen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.